this is um, us in episode one. Hello, I thought, I'm Judy DL. I thought and perhaps we I'm might find provide college. a little bit of commentary. Uh, what do you reckon? Do you reckon the opening was okay? Deserves a bit of an explanation. Oh, if you like yeah, me, live with I the impact so. of sexual assault. It's a long time ago. Yeah. Like to be a radioactive cockroach. It is. Maybe you thought you should just. I think I nailed the description. Maybe you feel that you're yeah. just a bit too much, too hard to be around, a bit radioactive. Maybe you've decided to call it out and follow through with the processes, or maybe wondered if you should, or perhaps you've decided to keep it all to yourself. Perhaps you love someone struggling with these issues or work with people who've been harmed by sexual assault. Do you reckon we left anyone Whatever out? your experience, if it's left you knowing... We covered it all pretty much. Yeah, yeah, we, we left out. This podcast Jurors. is your podcast. This is an honest space. Few of them get a bit impacted. Or yeah, details. This cool. isn't where we'll be sharing stories from the trenches. But if at any time you feel in need of help or a good vent or just an honest chat or a, or a good listener... Please call one eight hundred respect. You can also yeah, all our resources are good, but I don't bother. I just renew. This is what I'm for. <laughs> yeah, we recommend your mates. <laughs> We're not hiding in crevices or scuffling back under the fridge. Find us on Facebook. Radioactive Cockroach on Instagram, radioactive.cockroach on email, judycockroach at gmail.com. It's all in the info on the podcast feed. Well, at least that's still true. And I still think all our links and themes are good. Mm. Thank you to Philip Dallas, the composer. We don't need imaginary friends now that we're all radioactive cockroaches. So come out and have a happy dance in the sunshine with us. Well, that's what I want to I still want to do that happy dance thing. Well, it's time to welcome our... So, you know, Jude, we're learning. But probably at this point I think it might be a good idea to suggest that we're actually turning up for our biannual performance review with each other, or, or maybe the faculty's called us in for a really gentle, supportive, please explain, um, about just two or three things about becoming podcasters that I reckon that we might uh, might be a little bit more across now. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide, no escape from reality. So we're we're happy with being just a little bit retro. I, I think, yeah. I think we are both retro. We are. Yeah. Uh, to try and get down with the kids would just be trying to be somebody that we're not. It would be really sad. And as soon as you said that, I was reminded of fascinating Aida's down with the kids. And so I'm going to put a chunk of that in there. Once I was cool, I was a real dudette. I still want to hang with a younger set. I may not be as hip as I was, that's true, but I've got my own hips and that'll have to do to get me down with the kids. I am well gnarly. I'm down with the kids. Faux shizzle, man, nizzle. We are forever young. Oh, we're a bit low 
we hope. love uh, youngsters because uh, we do. We they, they give us cred. They give us cred and they also, in, in my case, they give me a reality check. There's, there's just huge wisdom going on um, among the younger cockroaches. So hi there um, and hopefully we give you a bit of an insight into how your granny thinks. <laughs> <laughs> all about how I didn't know how to use the technology. Judy, did you know that comedy is really hard? You know, I did. <laughs> <laughs> but we flew in there. But we've got a little bit more in development now. Yes, we've also we got some nice ones in the bank. And um, some nice ones in the bank. Yeah. yeah, so those are all coming up. But, yeah, we're rather less confused. In your biannual performance review... Concept development, how would that be described? Don't they have a bit of jargon there? Yeah, they, they, they probably put needs improvement. Needs improvement, yeah. And maybe if, if you had a generous boss. Yeah. Satisfactory. Okay. Satisfactory is just kind for needs improvement, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll stick with that then. We'll move on to the next sound effect. Oh, St Kilda, St Kilda, I want to come back to you. I want to go to Luna Park. But I think I'll be going by myself when I Judy starts. <laughs> oh, on that roller coaster, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, who needs... No way I'm getting on that death trap. Oh, I love it. Whereas the roller coaster that we're on with the pandemic is so tedious. It's not exciting at all. It's not. It really isn't. No, it's oh. been really dull for us, but for some people it's been way too adrenaline, way too wake up and worry we yes. about the future. And we're aware of this roller coaster all around us and I don't want to get on that one. I'm really grateful that it's just been... A journey into tedium and anxiety for yeah. others. Oh, but no question. You know, we're okay, aren't we? We're okay. I've had a couple of tailspins. How about you? Uh, yeah, my, the last... Three to four weeks for me have been tailspin after tailspin after tailspin. Yeah. Whether it's just uh, my dad getting sick, whether it's me getting sick, whether it's just been the existential angst of why should I get out of bed today? I've had a few tailspins too, Judy. So, you know, when you're tailspinning, sitting down at an editing suite by yourself, it's pretty hard work. We're modelling self-care, but at the end of a day, I don't want to be doing this. <laughs> In our house at the moment, there's a fair bit of, of this one. 
where you kind of <laughs> blow it out through your lips, you know, which is kind of, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got through that one. <laughs> now, the other thing that I just really want to discuss in our biannual performance review is the making of unfulfillable promises. We oh, have a tendency to say, in the next episode, and then we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> because and for all sorts of reasons, yeah. you know, the talent didn't turn up or the talent changed their mind or somebody got sick or somebody couldn't be bothered. Or, or the balance or, of the episode was wrong, particularly the cockroaches in the spotlight. We're, we try to be very careful there. On the uh, making false promises, what's the performance review diagnosis? It's probably a, a needs improvement. I think it, it's probably less than satisfactory. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. kind of stop it, really. Yeah. 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 Make no promises. Make no just, promises. Just say, we will have something next episode. We will. There will be a next episode. <laughs> and it will be we great. Won't, it won't be next week. It will be entertaining. <laughs> So at the end of our performance review here, we've got a satisfactory and a needs improvement. Yep. How about the mission statement of engagement with our stakeholders? (laughs) Is that enough jargon? See, now that's something that's excellent. It is, is it? Yes, because it says something but nothing that you can really pin down. Yeah, but if I was going to pin something down, it'd be the stats. Well, our stats are actually pretty damn good. So with our uh, stakeholders numbering in their hundreds, how are we ranking ourselves on our performance review? Well, I think we rank it, should rank ourselves as good. Okay. We seem to have, uh, just through word of mouth, I mean, we haven't done any real advertising or anything. No. Nope. Every episode that we put out, we just seem to gather a, a few more well, gather, I mean, we'll gather you in, cockroaches. Yeah. We love every one of you. We will gather you in. So come out and do a happy dance in the sunshine with us. Yeah, with us. I'm allowed to go out now. I've been catching up with some of my mates. I'm a regional person, so I'm off the leash. Nervously, socially distanced, at least, but poor old Stutso. Is still locked down in Melbourne town So I'm zooming her in Trying not to gloat Because we really are in the same boat But they won't let her go out yet She still doesn't have to get dressed So we're trying our luck With our dodgy broadband And inviting you to be our guest So is that pretty accurate? I understand that you had some sort of outing yesterday I was so desperate, so needy for other human beings that I decided what I needed to do was go to the hospital. So looking after your aged father and his his distressing illness hasn't been enough for you, Judy? No, hasn't been enough. But, of course, I needed a valid reason to go in. Because you can't just roll in and you're bored. You can go with full-blown psychosis. Did you go for that? I I thought about that. Uh, (laughs) There there has been precedent, uh, but uh, not for many decades. But nevertheless, it's it's on the file uh, back in 83, and I thought, gee, no, they might keep me. 
that would be inconvenient. What with the ill parents and everything? That would be inconvenient. So I thought, no, short and sharp. And then, of course, I realised that next door we have two guinea pigs. We know about them. They were formerly known as Laurel and Hardy. And now they are known as... Well, you you say Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. I say Skull and Deathbringer. She seems like you've lost your sense of humour about this. I have. But apparently the latch on, on the hutch is, is a bit dodgy and whatever, and they managed to get out. Now, after the last time they came in, we put fence around the veggie garden that we thought would be pretty guinea pig proof. However, I look out the kitchen window and there I can see Bonnie and Clyde actually digging under our newly installed fence. But Peter, who was very naughty, ran straight away to Mr McGregor's garden and squeezed under the gate. And uh, they were trying to get into the new tomato plants. And I wasn't having it. A smart human being, or a normal human being, would simply have tapped on the window and told them to go away, or maybe gone out into the garden and said, push off, you little guinea pigs. Or perhaps even thrown something at them. An old watering can or something. It's just something to scuttle them back to their home. But I was having none of that. I was bored and lonely, so I... Jumped up and ran after Peter, waving a rake and calling out, Stop, thief! Full thrust, which for me is about two miles an hour, set off after these evil demons. I jumped the fence and managed to navigate my way, tippy-toe, at high speed though, through the tomato seedlings. I forgot that there was a fence at the other end of the lot. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just trip flying through the air with all the grace of Humphrey B. Bear Mm -hmm. and landing on the ground left knee first. At which point your resemblance to Humphrey B. Bear, who is famously quiet, indeed silent, evaporated. Exactly. I'm laying on the ground because I've dislocated the knee, which I assure you, listeners, hurts a lot. And I'm going... (laughs) Luckily for me, the next door neighbour was doing work from home, so he pops his head over the fence. He would have seen me laying in a heap, screaming, grabbing my knee while two fat guinea pigs stood just out of my arm's reach and regarded me. I think they were laughing. It's hard to tell with guinea pig faces if they're actually laughing, but I reckon they were laughing. There's a bit of triumphalism there, wasn't there? You were a bit of an ingrate and refused all offers of amateur help to cars and said, no, I've paid my ambulance subscription. So, uh, you know, the ambulance came and they they gave you the little stick to... Australia invented that stick. Well, it is a fine stick. We're geniuses. You just suck on it, tastes like bubble gum, and, and you just go, and then they can give you the real stuff. And pop it back on. And pop it back on. His mother put him to bed 
and made some chamomile tea, and she gave a dose of it to Peter. The End Ah, oh, Stutzo. She can go out now. She's probably about 25 k's from home as we speak. But in the light of the performance review, we want you to know that there are a number of segments that are... So close, and yet so far, so close, yet it's all it was, so close, but it's not the way it seemed. And closest of all to me at the moment is the country that I'm recording on, and I'm on the country of the Jajarang, and that reminds me that we are so close to another segment. And can I just say, cockroaches, that Seth is one of the rising leaders that we acknowledge. Yeah. <laughs> when we do our, our acknowledgement of country and and um, and pay respects to leaders past, present and future, I think Seth fits into the present and future because he has this fabulous Born to Dance company. And can you tell us a little bit about it, like how to pronounce it and that kind of thing? Yeah, so Born to Dance is um, the English translation. It's Tom Brangi Nyaga. Is, um, so Tom Brangi, Born to Dance Nyaga is uh, Wurrung Wurundjeri word for dance. Um, yeah, and it centres around, it's a not-for-profit organisation that centres around um, sharing and expressing Aboriginal culture between Aboriginal people first and foremost and then to the yeah, broader community. Many years ago, there were two people, duck people and water rat people, and duck and water rat did not like each other. Oh, cockroaches, we are so close to bringing you this. Keep tuning in because all segments are beckoning you eventually. Lay down the burden of your heart. I know you'll never miss it. It's too heavy. It's too heavy. Put it down. Here. Here. It's lighter when you let go, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Cockroach relief. We've banked some doozies. I'm from New York. It's a weird place. You guys are from New York, too? Oh, wow. Okay. You seem, you're from New York. You don't seem happy to be here. You are, oh, like they're like, we are happy to be here. And he's like, I'm in a hostage situation. <laughs> Whatever she says. <laughs> oh, that's cool. You're from New York. I feel like you would be really good at my day job back in New York. I work at a sex dungeon, so. <laughs> you got that dominant female energy. That's Catherine Henson, a New Yorker, performing in London there. She got comedy festival cancelled and stuck in Melbourne in the worst of the lockdown. She chatted with us about a lot of stuff, including some Australian vernacular. If someone said, with spring coming on, how are you finding the blowies? What would you imagine? What, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know about you. I, I'll just put it this way. I once had a co-worker named Joe, and one time he said to himself, but I heard it, he said, Joey wants a blowy. And that's how I would... That's how you'd imagine it. Yeah, well, look, relax, because... Well, no, it depends on your preference. They're actually big, fat flies. It's a blowy. It's a blowfly. You'll know when you mean one. These suckers, I mean, they're big. Louis the fly, I'm Louis the fly. Straight from rubbish tip to you.
well, amid all the excitement of talking to comedians and so on, we haven't forgotten our namesakes. I never said you need to need to We chatted with Judith, not Judy, Long about an honour roll that she gazed upon as a child. Among other things, she finds out the true value of American currency. And he would take the coins with the help of Moss and his their other mates, he'd make them into jewellery and then they'd sell them back to the Americans Yes, at greatly inflated oh. prices. <laughs> <laughs> and... And they did the same thing with the American beer. They would get beer from the American mess. They didn't like it. Yeah. Because, you know, it was... Budweiser was yeah, yeah. some watery muck. Yeah. Not good beer. No. And um, they'd sell it back at inflated prices. <laughs> <laughs> enterprising. Very enterprising. That's that's the myth of the Australian serviceman, isn't it? Well... Sometimes it's true, though. Sometimes it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always a furphy. And, of course, we have not forgotten that out there, there are many cockroaches who are wishing. Somebody shoot out that spotlight. Spotlight ain't nothing but We are so close to returning to Rose, who shared her insights into what really helps, what gives you the support you need when you step into that spotlight. That, um you know, he would get a signed contract of consent before he ever decided to stick his wick anywhere else. Um, not just enthusiastic consent, but, girl, you write that stuff down. <laughs> well, I, I have a, so. a, a strong sense that he probably wouldn't uh, take his freedom of um, movement so much for granted. Oh, what a nice way of putting it. Uh, Bess's <laughs> eyebrows are going through the roof there. <laughs> Yeah, Rose is learning to fly, literally, planes. So we'll be talking more about healing and recovery. We'll also be talking with Fiona and Marie, CEO and Welfare Officer of Kiura. Kiura means Mountain of Light in the Jajarang language and it's an independent company managing the professional standards issues of a number of community and faith-based entities. We'll be discussing processes and control and support and safety. Uh, But really the space to be held, psychological safety, is really to listen to that person with empathy and compassion and and to be able to know how to act afterwards. So what, what do they need to do to support that person, whether that be look at the landscape. So if we're talking about an adult, look at the landscape around um, their reporting um, choices and what some of the pros and cons to those things are. Um, when I grow up. That you have to find. 
Putting things right. You know, some people have got things right. And we've had some. Someone with some fairly recent experience in the courts with the witness support workers had really good things to say. In particular, they reflected that the workers' feedback to them normalised the intensity of their feelings and made it easier to manage those feelings, which was hugely important to them. Someone with some fairly colourful experience in the courts suggests that if your case is likely to be high-profile and involve a press pack outside the court, make sure you have a strategy. Get advice from a person who knows the court well. So that's by way of our coming soon. We're making no... Promises, promises, I'm up with promises, promises now. I don't know how I got the nerve. As to exactly when these things will be coming, but they are, and we will most definitely be back. Jude, we've got another late great guest. Um, oh, what section would you put him in? I'd put him in comforter. Okay, let's do it. So if you're looking for the best comforters around, you've come to the right place. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Leonard Cohen. The Canadian. The Canadian. The Canadian. Oh, we're, we're applauding. We're thumping our hearts. We're waving. Oh. The other time I was in corridors such as these was in the Verdun Mental Hospital. <laughs> I was visiting. <laughs> I was visiting a friend. He was on a top floor. And I asked him, for he was still lucid, where can I get a coffee? He said, downstairs. That was one of those famous last words. I commenced the descent of similar stone corridors. And I found myself in a kind of arena which was surrounded by closed doors. 
It had been a hot afternoon, and I had removed my jacket, as I am wont to do. <laughs> I had left it with my friend, who, though mentally ill, was no thief. <laughs> I suspect he wasn't even mentally ill. He was doing this instead of college. <laughs> I stood watching the four or five doors, wondering about all the possibilities, except the one that occurred. The door opened, and two large men in white uniforms walked out. <laughs> and they said, where are you supposed to be now? <laughs> I said, in the cafeteria. They nodded to each other. They said, where are you supposed to be now? In the cafeteria. Well, you see, as their questions continued, my answers, which had started innocent enough, began to sound like I, were, I was protesting too much. In fact, after being interrogated more, three or four more times, I was shouting, pushing them aside, causing them to run after me down the corridor. <laughs> it was only when a guard identified me that I was able to go back to my friend, who had eaten my jacket. <laughs> Out of the crowds of Montreal has come a singular talent with four books under his belt and a growing reputation. He is not primarily a stand-up comic, but a novelist, a poet, and a very confident young man. Well, that was a very young Leonard Cohen. I didn't know he was a stand-up, ever. Oh, neither did I. He's just gone up in my estimation, no question. <laughs> I, um, I went into my marriage with the belief that um, Leonard Cohen was just a sleazy music-to-slit-your-wrists-by dude, beloved of creepy dudes. And I, I think this is my best illustration of why I formed that opinion. She can trust you, for you've touched her perfect body with your mind. Now, I challenged the man of the house here, to convince me that that line is not just poetic for what is essentially just leering. And he said, yeah, probably just leering. So I didn't have a, a, a high opinion of Leonard Cohen and then we moved in together and he moved in with a boxed set of the complete Leonard Cohen, which, of course, he didn't know how untrue that was. It was far from complete. We, we reared together children who would occasionally come to me with ashen faces and say, Dad's playing that again. Can you stop it? And that was always Leonard Cohen. But when I um, was expressing this opinion to some friends that this was, you know, one of the things I hadn't expected when I made my vows was a lifelong relationship with Leonard Cohen, I was challenged as to what song I had sung through that first long, hard, all-night labour. And I said it was a Roberta Flack song, and this is what I heard myself singing. 
I loved you in the morning, our kisses deep and warm. Your hair upon the pillow, like a sleepy golden storm. Many love before us, I know we are not new. In city and in forest, they love like me. So I really recommend it as controlling your breathing when you're labouring through a hard second stage because, you know, it really does focus you in. Um, He, of course, heard a Leonard Cohen song in his head. What he actually heard, I probably can't reproduce the sounds (laughs) of a woman trying to sing a Roberta Flack cover (laughs) of a Leonard Cohen song in late second stage labour. But, you know, it it helped. Given the permission to vocalise in labour, Mom will easily establish the self-soothing sounds that are most comforting to her. Such vocalizations include humming, chanting, singing, moaning, and guttural exhales, among others. So that was sort of fairly deep moaning. Um, <laughs> so at that point, I became a fan of women doing Leonard Cohen covers, in particular Jennifer Warnes. There were sorrows to be healed And mercy, mercy in this world So many hearts I find Broke like yours and mine Torn by what we've done and can't So that's my journey into becoming actually quite a Leonard Cohen. I'm not a devotee. I am not a devotee. I do not worship, but I am hugely appreciative admirer. What was your journey into Leonard Cohen, Stutso? My journey into Leonard Cohen actually also came through a cover song. I had not struck him at all because when I was young it was punk, 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 punk. And it's not a cry that you hear at night It's not somebody who's seen the light It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah 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 That's the Jeff Buckley cover of Hallelujah. That's right. And and Buckley had such a beautiful voice. Um, and I remember hearing that song and thinking, that's spectacular. And, and a friend said, well, that may be spectacular, but actually the spectacular belongs to Leonard Cohen, who did not only Hallelujah, to which there's 8,000 different verses if you ever get bored, but a whole heap of other songs that if you like that one, 
you'll like that one. And then, you know, that's when I began to really listen to his stuff and and love it, you know. Yep. Uh, uh, all his, um, his existential angst. Yes. <laughs> the person I live with doesn't just have the box set, but he also has the honour of having attended Leonard Cohen's first concert in Melbourne, which was at the Comedy Theatre. Um, us Melburnians know that to be a middling to small venue. So that was an, a, a small venue and he was there, but it's hardly an arena. Um, and he also mm-hmm. went with his wife to Leonard Cohen's final tour in Australia. And I think that was actually given to us by that child who was born to me labouring through the Roberta Black, <laughs> my rendition of the Roberta Flack cover of a Leonard Cohen song and used to come ashen-faced saying, can you make him turn it off? She grew up, got a job, got a superannuation program, got free tickets to Leonard Cohen at Day on the Green and gave them to her parents. <laughs> that is true love. That's true. That's that's where it was very kind of her. But he never stopped writing, and I, I haven't actually heard the latest one that's posthumous that his son, Adam, has seen through. Um, but I've got a little grab here from one of his last albums while he was still alive. Sounds like a plan. If you are the dealer, I'm out of the game. If you are the healer, means I'm broken and lame. If thine is the glory, then... Mine must be the shame. You want it darker. We kill the flame. Oh, the poetry just got better and so did the production values, don't you reckon? Yeah. Oh, look. Yeah. um, But that's not all to that song. I actually grabbed a little bit more that I reckon we can talk about. You want it darker. I'm ready, my lord. Leonard Cohen did not emerge from the religious tradition I was reading and I had to go and look that up and it essentially means here I am, as he said, I'm ready. Um, did, is that a sound you grew up with at all? Oh, absolutely. Um, it is particularly noted in uh, Kaddish, the prayer for the dead. So it's almost like uh, he's saying... Hey God, I'm done. Got everything sorted. If you want to take me, here I am. Except he's saying you never get anything sorted. Exactly. You get things sorted, but you you never get everything everything sorted. sorted. He's obviously turned his mind to the ultimate reality of this existence which is no matter who you are, how clever you are, how good you are at sport, you're going to die. 
Just looking at some of the songs that have sustained me at different times of, of, uh, of my life, um, I had a great sense that when I had a hearing coming up, because I had, um, back in the day, called out uh, a historic incident, and it was kind of a reckoning time, and people keep talking about closure, and you know, I just wasn't really expecting closure. I just really wasn't sure that the doors open and shut behind you on... Um, crimes, on processes, but things were going to change. Um, and I had a kind of feeling that it might be... Well, look, let's just say this was going around my head. And I lift my glass to the awful truth Which you can't reveal to the ears of you Except to say it isn't worth a dime and the whole damn place goes crazy twice It's once for the devil and it's once for Christ The boss don't like these dizzy heights We're busted in the blind And lights are closing time Yeah, I really... Can I say cockroaches? Go put closing time on a really loud loop And sing along in the car um, It feels good <laughs> <laughs> But look, you know, we're enthusiasts for Leonard Cohen. We're not devotees. We don't know all about it. This is very much a personal reflection. But reflecting on that DVD that I've got that I played at the beginning where he was doing stand-up and he was essentially a poet, um, I'm just going to play a bit and then I'm going to express the opinion that I'm quite glad he started singing. His blood on my arm is warm as a bird. His heart in my hand is heavy as lead. His eyes through my eyes shine brighter than love. Oh, send out the raven ahead of the dove. His life in my mouth is less than a man. Now, you did His say there are a lot of verses to Alleluia, and I think there are quite a lot to that one too, so I'll just <laughs> fade it out. Um, and that was the poetry voice. So I'm really glad that he took up singing, um, however people might feel about his voice. I was born like this. I had no choice. I was born with the gift of a golden voice. Twenty-seven from the great beyond. Do you have another song that travelled with you at a particular time, Judy, that you want to bring to the cockroaches? I like uh, the partisan. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. When they poured across the border, I was cautioned to surrender. This I could not do. I took my gun and vanished. I have changed my name so often. I've lost my wife and children. But it's, it's one of my favourites because it's it's like an anti-war war song. Yeah, he could see. This is what he does. He's complex. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a fan of complexity. He was never going to make the main stage at Woodstock with that level of musicianship or that level of complexity in his lyrics. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> no, no, uh, but. Uh, he was always going to have a serious following. 
and you can see that you know he he, he was still had huge fans uh, right up to his death. People oh, look, he filled he filled the arenas oh, right. in Melbourne, but the first time was an arena show at the tennis centre, and there was a devotee behind. Me and what do you think he was doing, Jude? Oh, he was singing along. He was singing along. He's really keen on that being given head in an unmade bed, and I'm not. And I looked across the audience and realised that it was about, I guess, forty percent women, and it was like a symphony of sensible shoes. We were all there <laughs> with our devoted. Husbands, partners, recent lovers. Some of us looked a good deal younger than the men that were with us. We were bewildered daughters. Yeah. <laughs> and I think on occasion granddaughters. Um, they'd been told this would be a really good Father's Day present or something like that. So I, yeah. I knew what the solution was. I turned round over my right shoulder and I caught his partner's eye, at which moment I got a vigorous nod and she thumped him hard and said no one's paid to hear you (laughs) (laughs) oh just thinking of things that other significant time of my life I'd worked in a community organization as a volunteer for some time and then I was asked to write a, a significant publication for it and I had this going around my head they sentenced me to 20 years of Bordeaux For trying to change the system from within I'm coming now, coming to reward them First, we take Manhattan Now, apparently, that's him trying to get inside the mind of a terrorist. I didn't really see myself as a terrorist, though. Come to think of it, I think other people might have. Oh, that's what you get for trying to change the system from within. <laughs> and look, you know, it is complicated. Life's complicated. I've got this cockroachy bit. Oh, it's another nice clunky edit, but, you know, he doesn't put all the bits you want to talk about together. So, cockroaches, you need to listen to the whole, the future. Will I play this bit, Jude? Yeah, why the hell not? absolute control over every living soul and lie beside me, baby. Uh, that's an order. When they said, repent. wonder what they meant when they suggested you repent. What do you reckon, Jude? What about my life? What, what is so bad, you know? I don't mean, I do not do real bad stuff, but all you hear is repent, repent, repent. Do it better. Well, I, I'm hoping that, that what he was trying to say is, hey, yeah, it's gonna, things are going to go pear-shaped. It's going to get ugly. It's not going to be pretty, the planet's going to fall apart, society is going to fall apart, but 
the essential humanity of us is going to continue. And I guess that's what happens in every single one of his songs is the essential humanity continues. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't see a lot of repentance when I, I took the that uh, when I called out yeah. back in the day. Um, but I, I think what I repented of was um, the arrogance of thinking I should keep it to myself. And I forgave myself and I think that's the whole point of repentance, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So I repented of that, <laughs> <laughs> and dumped the responsibility where it belonged, where it yeah. was not accepted, and that's a pretty common story for all us cockroaches. Yeah. But um, if I can reiterate, we don't get closure. We're busted in the blind lights of closing time. Yeah. Now that's the closest. Me and Leonard Cohen are ever going to get to closure. <laughs> now, Jude, the other thing he does is he allows the irreligious to talk in spiritual terms. Yes, and that's probably one of the most interesting things about him is that, okay, he started out life as this Jewish kid in Canada He's finished up as, what, a Buddhist, some particular kind of practising Buddhist. He certainly had a, had a fair bit of time in a Buddhist monastery, my philosophy teacher told yeah, me, but whether, I never looked it up. Whether he officially took up the ritual, I, I, I don't know, but he was obviously... It's been a long time since I stood on the stage in London. It was about, uh, about uh, 14 or 15 years ago I was... 60 years old, just a kid with a crazy dream. And since then, I've taken a lot of uh, Prozac, Paxil, Wellbutrin, Effexor, Ritalin, Focalin. I've also... Uh, study deeply in the philosophies and the religions, but cheerfulness kept breaking through. He certainly uh, didn't shy away from the existential angst uh, that, that faces us all at some point. Yeah. Uh, even if it's just the horror of our own mortality. The, the thing that one day I'm not going to be here. Yeah, um, and we've been dealing with that as people close to us either start pulling up their stumps or pull up their stumps. And in the US, it's cricket. Look it up, that reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to pull up one's stumps. It's something about pulling up stumps gives you a sense of the process, doesn't it? Yeah. We're out of here. We're on our way. <laughs> To the tea rooms. Um, I was, had, had some comedian say the other day on some podcast I was listening to that she thought cricket was the most mum game there is because everyone comes in together in time for tea and you get to put on a nice woolly jumper if it's a bit chilly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
Look, but the thing about Leonard Cohen, and as his career went on, he gathered unto him some pretty fabulous musicians. And we're going to take this episode out with a song that we jointly decided was among our favourites, Come Healing. And it features the fabulous Web Sisters. That's coming up just as soon as we've reminded you to take the impact of hearing about sexual assault on this podcast or anywhere else seriously, whether that impact is on yourself or on someone that you love. Don't hesitate to contact one of the following. 1-800-RESPECT in Australia, the Samaritans on 11-61-23 in the UK and in the US, 1-800-273-TALK. These and other resources are on our Facebook page and podcast feed. And now as we slide into Come Healing, we also want to thank Pink Floyd for learning to fly. Tim Minchin for Matilda, Queen for Bohemian Rhapsody, the Flying Pickets, who I saw at the Universal a very long time ago, for So Close, Janet Jackson for Feedback, Dr Feelgood for Take a Tip, Bert Bacharach and Dion Warwick for Promises, Promises, and all of you for listening. Take it easy. Gather up the brokenness, bring it to me now. The fragrance of those promises you never dared to vow. The splinters that you carry, the cross you left behind.
pen.